The State Farm Champion Classic just completed, and I have my guy Keandre, better known as Hoop Intellect, and we are going to discuss and break down some of the performances from the top NBA prospects in a wild night of college basketball that featured two great games. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person who has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the founder of NBA Draft Junkies and the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And my guest today is a special, special guest. It's the king of YouTube himself, DeAndre, Mr. Hoop Intellect. If you watch Prospect Breakdowns on YouTube, then I'm sure you have come across his videos. He's one of the best, best in the business. I know when I was heavy in the videos. I, I haven't been able to make them. I haven't had the time, but his videos are always killing mine as far as the content. <laughs> I used to wonder like, how much time does he put into a video? Keandre, man, what's going on? Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, man, you've been always a, a big inspiration in the community and everything. Um, so it's good to see you doing bigger things, um, you know, just over the course of the year. So appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. I wanted to do this for a while. And uh, I was like, man, I want, I want a, a different voice on here. So I shot shot him a message and, and he came on after the game. So you just released your uh, a video. Was it like your, your first impressions video? Yeah, I did a little first impressions video from like the first week of stuff. And um, just kind of talked about some of the top prospects. Obviously, this year is a little bit different kind of explained in there, but, you know, you got the Thompson twins, Victor Wimbayama, Scoo Henderson not playing college basketball, um, and then all the injuries. So it's kind of made it a little bit different than some other years, but we still got into a lot of things. Yeah, this this was a weird year before the injury. So you got Derek Whitehead, who's not playing. Cam Whitmore hasn't played. It's been a weird year. But let's talk about tonight's game. Let's, let's just start off with the Kansas and the, the Duke game. Kansas won. Um, coming into the game, who was your top NBA prospect in this game? Yeah, coming into the game, my top NBA prospect was probably Derek Lively. Um, obviously, he's kind of working his way back from injury, so it's kind of a time will tell um, with him just kind of getting a better look at him and, and everything. But he was definitely um, the top prospect for me coming into this game, having somewhere in that sort of late lottery range for me. Well, what did you what did you think of his performance? Twenty one minutes, two for three from the floor. His two points were tip dunks, four points, five rebounds, and I, I posted on Twitter maybe a couple of weeks ago who was the better prospect between him and Khalil Ware. And from the NBA scouts that I spoke to, it was pretty overwhelming that they felt Ware was the better prospect. Twitter, I think more was where, but it wasn't the, the gap wasn't as wide. And then I believe where had a, a monster night tonight. Um, do you have lively ahead of where? At the moment, they're pretty much uh, neck and neck. I believe on the preseason they were one spot. Um, I think lively had the edge one spot ahead of him. But you know, it's kind of a like I was saying, it's kind of a work in progress for both of them. Um, obviously, I didn't get to see what what where did tonight. I'm just kind of focusing on those two games um, in the Champions Classic. But, yeah, uh, that's actually interesting to to hear that um, where it kind of has the edge on on Lively. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of Lively was highly touted for a while. Where is is the newcomer? And so sometimes it's like a recency bias. But Ware had a good game. Even though it was Montana State, it wasn't, mm. you know, it wasn't Kansas. He had 16 points, 7 of 12 from the floor, 2 of 3 from 3 with 7 rebounds, 2 assists. And he had 2 blocks. So mm. pretty pretty good game. All right, but let, let's talk about this. Um, Derek Lively, what, what did you think of his overall performance? I mean, do you do you chalk it up to him just kind of being a little bit rusty or not getting touches? But then on the other hand, you see like Filipowski didn't necessarily need, you know, like someone to spoon feed him the ball. He kind of made things happen himself. Were you surprised by Lively's four point performance? Um, I honestly wasn't. I kind of kept expectations pretty low just being that he's working back. And I know that they've kind of said that they're going to try to keep it a little bit, um, you know, slow work and ease him along um, along the process. You did make a good point, though, like for him and his style of play, like he's going to have to kind of be set up in just the way that he um, kind of operates and the way that Flip is is just able to to kind of go out and get it. And he's just got a little bit more versatile um, in terms of like bigs and just skill sets. Um, but yeah, you know, I honestly, I'm kind of, I didn't really take too much away from it. I thought defensively he looked pretty solid in that um, drop that they were running. Um, There's only a couple times where I felt like he was really out of position. He made some big blocks um, in the second half of that game. Um, but, you know, not too much that I would really, for me personally, like take away from. I just kind of want to see a little more before I, um, you know, start taking like too much away from, from yeah. these performances early on. It's still early. When he's at full strength, do you think they're going to start Filipowski, Mitchell, and Lively together? That's the interesting question. That's the weird thing about this roster. Um, I was kind of, I think I was talking about that uh, recently. Um, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh particularly well but at the same time like that's their those are some of their most talented players you kind of almost have to play uh, Mitchell at the three there um but yeah I guess we're just gonna have to see all right what did, what did, what did you think of Filipowski I, I thought that even though he didn't shoot the ball well finished with 17 points 14 rebounds took him 18 shots but what did you think of his performance and did it do anything to change your perception of him I was impressed by him you know I didn't I wasn't sure about him coming into the year, just um, especially defensively, but he's started off the year really well, you know, three double doubles, like they mentioned on the broadcast several times um, to start the year. I think that he was better than the box score will remember him as tonight. Um, I thought he was really good on the glass, um, created a lot of uh, things for their offense when it kind of stagnated at times. Um, And you know, just somebody with his skill set and his ability to kind of put it on the floor a little bit, make plays for others. I thought that he was solid moving in space in the times that he had to do that defensively. Um, and, you know, overall, I kind of favor him a little bit more than I did coming into the year a little bit. So um, my eyes are kind of locked into what he does because I think that he, you know, is super. I mean, we all knew that he, if you've seen him before, he was super talented and had the ability to do um, some unique things at that size. But, um, just seeing him in college so far, and especially against a team like Kansas, you got um, Kevin McCullough, Jalen Wilson, you know, different throwing different guys at him, KJ Adams. Um, I liked what I saw. Yeah, let's switch gears. Let's talk about Kansas. Kansas won 69-64. Jalen Wilson has turned the corner. Like, he showed flashes as a freshman, 
you can say that his sophomore year didn't get off to the start that that um expected, but then his junior year, he turned the corner. I mean, three three games like what twenty ten and five and 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 three games at least that's what he's averaging. He didn't shoot the ball well today. He took 26 shots. I was shocked to see that. <laughs> he took 26 shots. He missed all of his attempts from three. But he finished with 25 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. I thought he just did a lot of things that impacted the game. He was a, a connector. He made good passes. What did you think about about him coming into the season? And where did you have him on your last on your, on your last big board or your last mock? I believe coming into the year, he was somewhere in the second round, like 40s, 50s, somewhere in that range. So I was at least um, somewhat favorable on him, just kind of uh, being able to work his way into like real draft consideration this year. But his start this year has been pretty much everything that you could possibly ask for. Um, he's really taken on that kind of um, leadership role, both in terms of like scoring the ball and just like getting all the guys together, bringing that energy on a nightly basis in a role that like he hasn't had to do in the past. You know, you've got Christian Brown and Ochai Baji leaving and he's kind of slid in there and um, taken over for what they did in the past in a lot of different ways. Um, even though he did miss all of his threes uh, tonight, which is going to do um, some damage to his percentage uh, that he had starting off. I, I like how he's been shooting the ball is really confident. Um, even some of the like pin downs and the, the one, two dribble pull-ups that he's had. Um, he did airball that one. He should have just shot the pull-up. He shot a floater. But um, other than that, you know, like he's done a lot of good stuff. He's obviously been a big time rebounder over, you know, the last, his entire college career. And, um, yeah, just kind of putting all these pieces together, especially as a scorer and um, the impact that he can make defensively, the versatility on that end has been good to see. And I definitely think that he's going to be one of those upperclassmen who, you know, really um, puts his flag down and, and is a, a draft candidate this year. You think he can have a Ocha Agbaji type jump? <sighs> that's that's pretty tough. Um, I think that he'd have to shoot the ball at like a, a pretty good clip for yeah. people to be confident enough. But like even Ochai, like going lottery is a huge thing. Um, I, didn't, probably, I didn't see him going lottery coming in yeah. last year either. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even like near the draft, I was kind of surprised that uh, Cleveland went in that direction. Um, but yeah, that's going to be tough. I still think that he, you know, at least late first round isn't outside the realm of possibilities for him. Yep. All right. When we return, I want to get. Keontae's thoughts on Grady Dick and of course a, a few of the, the Duke prospects and also Kevin McCullough Jr. But I want to talk to you about a new sponsor, Toro. Toro is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Toro you can book any car you want, wherever you want, and it comes from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., United Kingdom, Canada, and soon coming to Australia, so you can book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip or a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget, or you can find an economy car if you just need to get from point A to point B. You can test drive that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. And I can, I can speak from experience. I did that. I wanted an electric vehicle. I got on Toro, I rented, well, I guess it's not necessarily rented, but I I did the car sharing with a, the BMW electric car 
and uh, I realized that it's not for me. Almost ran out of juice a couple times. But many Toro hosts can deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. Can we pause this podcast for a second? Okay, okay. Is it pause? Great, because you got to try this. And I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. They have cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, and coconut brownie topper. Now, there's white peppermint granola. It is Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, anyone who has not tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They are revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, just 130 calories. So Built Bar, you have to try this. Get 15% off your order right now and use the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That is LOCKEDON15 at Built.com to get 15% off of your next order. All right, big shout out, big shout out and big thank you to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, it is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, once again, it's Rafael Barlow. With Mr. Hoop Intellect himself, Keandre, and we are just recapping tonight's great games. It was two good games. And a lot of times you don't really get two good games, but there's two good games. And we'll backpedal to the Kansas and Duke game. Grady Dick, what did you think about his performance? I thought he played well. I thought he showed um, that he's more than just a shooter. I mean, it's very easy to just label someone a shooter and i mean let's just be honest when you're white and you can shoot the ball people put you in a box <laughs> as just a shooter but he had a, a, a nice reverse they were throwing lobs to him <laughs> which is something that um unless you've really been like watching and taking a deep dive into his high school tape you you would have never thought that he was the type of athlete that you would throw lobs to and it seems like Kansas always has like this shooter that they run these backdoor lobs. I remember I honestly thought Ben McLemore was going to be the next Ray Allen because he was mm, yeah. such a good shooter at Kansas. And then he was catching lobs. And then it's like, he got to the NBA. I never saw him dunk again, but anyway, yeah. uh, with, with Grady Dick, what did you think of his performance? Yeah, I thought he was, he was really good. Um, you know, obviously there was a little bit of a dry spell there in the second half where he kind of went to the bench they had some they wanted a different look defensively but you know his impact at the end of the game really won them the game i think he had what you have seven points in that last stretch um he got the the two stops stopping mitchell um going to get that three on the other end and then um getting uh involved in the play and where roach turned the ball over over on the sideline um but yeah, you know, just his ability to kind of affect the game in multiple ways along with being that big time shooter is really the appeal with him and also being somebody who's a legit 6'7", 6'8", um, is something that, you know, is is really good and works in his favor when he brings to the table for the next level. Um, my perspective on him, I have, I have a little bit different perspective because I've actually known him since he was like uh, 
fourth, fifth grade or something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I He played with my brother in high school and so I played with his older brothers as well. So kind of have that connection there. So I've been able to see him for a long time and watch him like grow and develop. So it's been pretty cool to kind of see him put it all together on like the biggest stages. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really solid. He's somebody who's going to affect the game in multiple ways. And I think he's going to have uh, a big time year and a lot of suitors uh, come next June. Yeah. I mean, in this draft, I think it's low on shooters. I mean, it's, it's high on athleticism and versatility, but there's not a lot of shooters. And with, with Grady, the thing for him was you knew that he could shoot. And so I, I feel like what everyone wanted to see from him is what can he do outside of shooting? And I thought today, even though he didn't have like a monster game on the box score, he scored 16 or sorry, 14 points, but he only hit one three. So he showed that he can score and impact the games in other ways outside of just shooting. And he only took four threes. So it wasn't like he was a volume shooter from three and took a bunch of shots. So I thought that he played, he played really well. All right. Let's talk about Kevin McCullough, the the Texas A&M transfer. I had, I had the opportunity to spend some time with him this summer while he was, Working out when he was kind of on the fence. He had 12 points. He was 5 of 10 from the floor. He was 2 of 4 from 3. 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Played the the type of defense that you're expecting from, you know, arguably the best wing defender in, in this draft class. What, what are your thoughts on McCullough? Yeah, you know, I feel like the best way to describe him is just solid. Like, he doesn't need the ball. You know, he's... He, you can really not pass it to him for several possessions. He's going to knock down a three. You know, he's going to come up with a big-time offensive rebound at the end of the game, tip uh, tip in. Um, somebody who can guard multiple positions, you throw him on flip, you throw him on Tyrese Proctor. Um, he's a little bit better screen navigation than Grady showed in that game. Um, just somebody who's able to, to make an impact on the game in multiple ways, and uh, he has good size. He's a solid athlete. Like, he just brings a lot to the table that you really like. Um, and going forward, I'm I'm a big fan of his. How much do you feel like playing in Texas Tech's offense kind of bogged him down in a sense? I mean, he had some good numbers last year before the ankle injury, but let's just be real. Texas Tech doesn't have the sexiest offense, and it's not right. the most creative system to, to showcase offensive talent, even though they've had some guys that – you know, trick some NBA teams into drafting them high. <laughs> but, uh, but what were your thoughts on, on, on him coming into the season? What were your expectations at, at Kansas? Yeah, so honestly, I kind of – I didn't really expect too much offensively. I felt like he would, you know, get a lot more opportunity just with, like with the some of the dribble handoffs and the continuity of the things they like to do with the back cuts. I feel like that was an uh, area that he could also excel Um but really just being able to see him do just a little bit more and have a little bit more opportunity, a little more spacing, um, less time where it's going to be stagnated, especially, um, you know, playing with a guy like Jalen Wilson and, and um, obviously Dewan Harris and what he's doing this year. And um, even Pettiford off the bench, I like what, uh, what kind of energy he brings to the table and, and setting others up. Um, but yeah, offensively, just kind of somebody who, you know, is going to be able to, to knock down threes at a high level. I think he hit like half the threes in this game. Everybody two for was four. Yeah. Yeah. He uh two for four, I think. How many did they make? They made six total in the game for both teams. Um, so yeah, just somebody who can knock down spot ups, he's gonna, you know, get to certain spots on the floor. Um, so 
really nice performance from him. And uh, I think we continue to see him kind of complement the rest of the pieces over the course of the year. Yeah, the big thing for him is going to be the shooting. That was the knock on him coming into the season. Um, like I said, I spent some time with him th- this summer. I want to say I spent three days. So I watched him work out, and he worked out with Jake LaRavia. Not saying that he was on Jake's level as a shooter, but if you didn't know like their reputation or the perception of them, if you just watched them work out in the gym and saw shot for shot, I mean, he was hanging with Jake, and, and Jake was a, a pretty good shooter. And so far today, I mean, he was two for four from three. He did have a couple of misses that I thought, you know, if you were one of those people that questioned his touch, a couple yeah. of the misses would make you say, okay, yeah, the, the two threes that he made was, I don't want to say flukish, but, I mean, I think those those misses kind of, you know, uh, helped your – your case if you have doubts about his shooting, but he was two for four from three. And I think this year, if he can shoot 35, 36% from three with his defense, then I see him as someone that will, will get drafted pretty, pretty high, especially if Kansas wins. I mean, I don't know if he'll be a first round pick just because the league is kind of tough on guys that go to college for, for four years or so. But um, I definitely think that he has the intangibles that, you know, if he gets into the, I mean, everybody, if they get into the right system and a right fit, they'll shine. But he does have the the tangible intangibles and the versatility in the defense that I think can come in and help a team right away as as a rookie. All right, let's let's switch back to Duke. What did you think of Roach? Seventeen shots, sixteen points. Do you think that he is a, an NBA prospect? I know I just did my my uh, I did a. a it's not necessarily a big board, but I just did like my top prospects and I left them outside of my top 100. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he is someone that can sneak into the, the second round of the NBA draft? I know there was some hype about it last year after he had a, a good stretch of games, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, he's going to have to be, I mean, there's a, there's already kind of a lot of pressure in, you know, they really need him to like step up and be that guy in a lot of different ways for them offensively. I'm I'm not like opposed. I think that he would probably be in my top 100, but it would be towards the, the, the bottom half of, of that for sure, like the, the real edge of it. Um, you know, there's still some questions about him as a shooter for sure. Um, he started off the year pretty well, but one for five tonight um, kind of has some costly turnovers. There's just kind of a... Uh, a certain pace that he plays with at times or certain decisions that he, he makes that you want to see, you know, be a little bit better. But again, like this young team, he's going to have to be the guy on, you know, pretty every single night. And, um, you know, at the, at the least he was able to create some things that, you know, other players on this team just aren't able to, um, and, and kind of, uh, be able to make an impact against a really good Kansas defense, but, at the same time, just kind of long-term looking ahead to, you know, that next level. I'm not sure if he, he necessarily has all the pieces, especially being, you know, a, a smaller guy as well. So, All right, let, let's switch to Tyrese Proctor, who was coming into the season, was one for 12 from the floor. He's shooting like 8%. Got off to a, a really tough start in the first half. He kind of turned it up a little bit in the second half. He finished three for nine from the floor, one of five from three. Had nine points, three rebounds, three assists. What What are your thoughts on on Proctor? Yeah, I was pretty high on him coming into the year. I felt like he had real first round potential. 
um, just like with the stuff that he's shown in the past and, and FIBA and, and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, it has been a really cold start for him. He's looked really uncomfortable, super young, um, just especially even into the first half of this game. Um, but the good thing for him was, you know, seeing him come out in that second half and knock down those two, that turnaround and then that other mid-range jumper. I think he hit a three after that as well, um, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, that was good to see. Like you said, like you mentioned, he started off one for 12. Um, and then after that, he even looked a little bit more comfortable making plays out of the pick and roll, hit those uh, corner reads um, a couple times that were really nice to see. Um, I think that he, he, he might be more of a, a two-year player. We'll see what happens down the stretch of this season, if he can kind of be that guy for them. Um, because they're with, um, we'll see what Dariq can do, but they're going to need what they can get out of him as well. Um, especially if he goes to the bench and, and just seeing what he um, is able to do in that kind of role. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing with him as well, just because it has been such a, a weird start for him. Yeah, one of the things I did like out of him was that even though he was, I mean, in a crazy, terrible shooting slump, he, he still remained confident. He didn't seem like yeah. he was, you know, trying to overpass and like he was afraid of the ball, afraid of the moment. So I, I, I love confident guys. And he came out in the second half and he, he went right to his pull-up, which was kind of one of the things that I wanted to see out of him. I didn't think that he showed a lot of, you know, a lot of attempts from pulling up. It was mostly like coming into the season, I saw layups and, and threes. And so for him to come in and shoot a shot that isn't really considered his strength when he's in a shooting slump showed me something. All right, when we return, we will cover the Michigan State and Kentucky game. We'll talk about the prospects in that game. But betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports, they have it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. Betonline is always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. And that's because betonline is where the game starts. All right, last segment. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow with Keontae, Mr. Hoop Intellect himself. And I feel like we've spent pretty much the entire podcast talking about Duke and Kansas, but there was a game before that, and it was a really exciting game that went into multiple overtimes. Michigan State versus Kentucky. Now, coming into the game, if you just look at the roster from an NBA prospect perspective, it was clearly lopsided with, with Kentucky. <laughs> and right. Um, Case and Wallace is kind of like the headliner for Kentucky as far as like NBA prospects. A lot of people have him as a top 10 pick. He's drawn comparisons to Drew Holiday. And he did not disappoint on the defensive end. He had, I mean, was it seven steals? That was like, <laughs> that's what I yeah, saw. He ended up with eight. Ended up with eight steals. What did yeah. you think of Kaysen's performance? Yeah. Obviously, like you you mentioned, big time on the defensive end, we kind of knew that coming in, but just being able to do it at this level and, and just immediately some of the things that he was doing off the ball, just if you watch him for a couple of possessions, being able to, I remember one possession specifically where they actually made the three in the corner, but he was able to, to peel off and get out there and contest after, you know, 
tagging the role and, and doing all kinds of different things throughout the possession. Just some of that stuff that he does and then also just digging on the ball and, and watching when, you know, a guy might spin and, and being there uh, at those times. And then obviously the, the lateral quickness and ability to do certain things and, and cut off drives, wall off drives um, is able is how he was able to get a couple more of those steals. Um, but his impact on that end is, is definitely um, – part of his main appeal going into the next level. And then offensively, you know, I felt like there's there's some times where he's a little bit hesitant. There was one possession down a stretch where he could have shot a pull-up. He tried to throw it out to Savio Wheeler in the corner through a turnover. Um, so just kind of working through that and being a little bit more aggressive. Um, but overall, I thought he was solid on that end to made some, you know, movement threes. He relocated, made a big shot down the stretch there. Um, but yeah, overall, really nice performance defensively, and I think we'll we'll kind of see who he is fully offensively um, over the course of the year. See, I disagree because I don't think you're ever gonna see a player from Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah. What they yeah. have, but he finished with 14 points, five rebounds, five assists, two of five from three. Played 44 minutes. How often do you see that in a in a college game? Like you mentioned that uh, with, with Grady Dick. Um, I've been watching Kaysen since he was in like fourth grade. I was like doing video work for this team that he played on yeah. as as a fourth grader. And uh, I mean, he was loaded. I mean, you got Kaysen at Kentucky. There's like a kid, TJ Caldwell, that plays for Ole Miss. You have one, another player, um, Drew Steffi, that signed with Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching my old film, and there's like Keontae George, Mark Mitchell was in there. It was it was pretty crazy to see these guys when they're little. And I had like this footage on a hard drive. So I've been rooting for him. I'm a big fan of his, his brother's brother plays for the Clippers G League team. And so, um, I mean, just definitely rooting for Kaysen. Oscar Chibwe, he is like my favorite <laughs> <laughs> hustle guy. Like, you know, like if we all had, if we applied his mentality, how he goes after boards, and we applied that same mentality to go after our goals and dreams, we'd all be multi multi millionaires <laughs> like this dude i could make a I, i'm actually gonna do it i'm gonna make a highlight yeah. tape of just his sure. rebounds like the rebounds out of the area it it's really looks like i don't know it's like if somebody was shooting like wads of hundred dollar bills or <laughs> and, and they're coming off the rim that's how he's going after him and he finished with 22 points 18 rebounds in his first game back. I mean, like, I mean, what is, and this was against Michigan state. Like, what is he going to put up in, in some of these non-conference games? Are we, do you think we have a chance to see a 25, 25 game from him? Oh, oh yeah. There's, there's no number that I like. Well, there is a certain number, but like most numbers, I really believe that he could get on a nightly basis. Just that tenacity, the, he just keeps going throughout the game. It could be the last second of the game, first second, you know, he's going to find a way to get in there, whether it's on a free throw or whatever it is. It just seems like he's always coming up with a rebound. Um, I'm actually curious what you think of his like sort of overall NBA potential being a guy that's like, he doesn't have all the athletic traits or the length or anything, but you know, just what he brings to the table just feels like he would find his way into the league somehow. Oh man, I was going to ask you that question. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about that again today and I was like, you know what? I would want him on my team. So I'm thinking of teams that he could fit on and I'm like, 
All right, let's say Brooklyn. Brooklyn needs size. I think he would be fine there. Now, of course, you can't play him and Simmons together because you don't really have any any floor space. Now, it definitely clogged the lanes. But I do think that there is a role for him in the NBA as a rotation guy that just comes in and, and scores off dump-offs. You know, he's a guy that would, even though he's not like a great rim protector, but he's a guy that would probably love to play with well, let me think about that. All right, offensively, he would love to play with Westbrook. They would probably fight each other in the air for rebounds. <laughs> but as far as Westbrook just driving to the lane 100 miles an hour and then at the last minute looking for a guy to just dump it off to that's going to try to at the dunker spot, I, I think that that's like the type of big that on one hand Russ like, likes to play with. But then again, Russ definitely needs like a, a floor space or whatever. But I do think there's an NBA role for him. I I I would like him on a few teams. Like I, I live in Dallas. I think people in Dallas would, would probably like him. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> he's a guy that, I mean, as many threes as they take, he'll probably get them a few extra possessions. And he's he's like a long what's, – what's the term I'm, I'm looking at? I have it in my notes. But he's like a long shot rebounder, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he doesn't – it doesn't have to just come to him. He would chase down long misses, get extra <laughs> possessions. I think that he, I think he has a, a chance to to really play in the rotation. Now, now, what are your thoughts on him as an NBA rotational player? Yeah, it's funny you said that you want to have him on your team. That was the thing that I was thinking about um, because you know you always think about like draft picks or like the draft slot or what part of the draft you would want to take him in but it's like whatever it is if he goes undrafted that's a guy that you want on your team in in every situation um you know he may have some really good moments kind of sliding his feet too tonight especially that was good to see especially coming back from injury but like you said like I just think that there's a it might not be right away but there's a there's going to be a spot for him to just kind of come in and, and muck it up and, and get extra extra possessions and um, just kind of battle inside um, for him in the NBA. Yeah, he was born in the wrong era, man. <laughs> He'd be a top 10 pick oh, 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> but it's it's weird. Like, sometimes I'm like, okay, the touch isn't bad. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, he needs to improve his touch. I definitely think he needs to work on his left hand. There are times when I think that he has a left-hand hook and he doesn't seem to have much game coming off his off his right shoulder. Yeah, let's, let's talk about sure. a few of the other guys that are prospects. Actually, a guy that's probably not on many draft boards, but you can make a case and say he was one of the more impressive players, was Wheeler. He was able to get in the paint whenever he wanted to. I mean, he's undersized. I mean, we all know that he can pass. I think he's led the SEC in assists a couple of years. But I thought he had, a, he had a really good game, finished with 16 points, 8 assists. Where do you see him? You see him as like a guy that goes to summer league, and and or, or do you see him as a guy that will be in the G League for a couple of years, and then he'll he'll end up heading overseas? Yeah, I would I would guess that he's probably somewhere in that that G League type of range, just given his kind of size and everything. But like you mentioned, the his abilities to to put pressure on a defense with his speed and everything, and um. You know, he, he hit a couple threes tonight, you know, had a slowest shot. He's like, <laughs> with his yeah. size and how slow it is, you'd think that it would be really contested or somebody could come out and contest, but he, he knocked him down. It's a, it's a slow shot, but it went in today. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, and it's always, it's always been kind of weird. Well, at least the last couple of years, just seeing him with Ty Ty and now with, um, 
casing and just kind of seeing the relationship between that, like ball handler wise. But um, yeah, I think that he's he's got definite pro potential for sure. I think he's a good player. So um, we'll just kind of see where he goes from there. All right, we're running out of time here. But the two guys from Michigan State, Hall and Hauser, unless you like Sissoko, do you think any of those three have put themselves or played themselves in position to be a second-round pick? I have a friend that really likes, really, really likes Malik Hall. Um, do you think those guys could end up seeing themselves on draft boards by, by the end of the year? I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, Malik Hall made some really big shots tonight, uh, kind of kept them in it, um, you know, off that off that inbound and then on the other dunk that he had. I think Hauser, obviously what he brings to the floor uh, as a shooter, that's going to be his main appeal. And, you know, we always are looking for shooters. Um, that never goes out of style. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a possibility, but um, they don't necessarily have, like, the biggest appeal, like, coming into the year. So, um, if Michigan State can be this competitive throughout the year, they're definitely going to have a lot of buzz. Yeah, I mean, you can make a case and say they could be two and zero and beating, uh, right. you know, two two teams that are ranked really really high. All right, well that wraps up this episode, man. We'll have to do it again. I appreciate you for for coming on last minute, and thank you, the listener, for making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Catch up on the biggest stories of the day in sports. Plus, get instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. That is Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rafael Barlow. He is Keandre, a.k.a. Mr. Hoop Intellect. And we are out. <laughs>